Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. I am Brian. With me, as always, is Zach. Vince is under the weather, and so we have delayed our um, our episode on Millennium until next week. Which Zach, I don't know about you, man. I got some thoughts on that issue, that comic. <laughs> <laughs> I will confess, I still haven't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to power uh, through and read like six of them in one day because I knew if I kept holding off, I would never finish it. No, I'm I I was try I was going I was prepared to power through it, but when I got the confirmation that we were not going to talk about it tonight, I said, "Okay, I can commit to one issue a day now and and finish <laughs> it comfortably and not hate myself." Because I I literally it took me about twenty minutes to get through six pages of one issue at one point. Uh, it's. It's it's a thing we're gonna talk about. One of our listeners who I, who I can't recall offhand had tweeted at us that they love Millennium. So, what? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be uh, inquisitors for that guy yes. and uh, see what's going on there. But so uh, because Vince is out of the weather, we put together a an episode that is based on Twitter questions from you. We got a lot of Twitter questions. We did. We're popular now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like like fifty uh, percent of them came from two people or three people. Don't but... don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> no, but you know, it's uh, it was really nice. So thank you to everybody who sent in questions, and uh, you know, maybe this will be our new when someone can't make a show, we'll do one of these because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I guess maybe I'll wait till after the show's over to really declare it fun or not. But <laughs> theoretically, it's gonna be fun. So. Uh, you ready to jump right in? Mm-hmm. Okay. At Mark Leferrier says, Star Wars and Marvel have both benefited from essentially both benefited essentially getting the Star Wars license. What IP could you see benefiting DC and the IP in a similar way? This was a really hard question because there's almost nothing as big as Star Wars, Correct. you know? Yeah. That Marvel doesn't already I mean that Disney doesn't already own. Um, I was trying to think of like another big tentpole film franchise. And I mean, I guess like DC and Warner brothers already have access to Harry Potter. And I've kind of thought for a long time, it would maybe be interesting for DC to publish like some Harry Potter comics. Um, that's a really good this, idea. And this, it, with the way JK Rowling has been lately, I don't know if that's the best thing, but like, <laughs> depending on the creative team and how it was handled, I think that would actually be really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that DC and Warner Brothers have never tapped into that. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with Rowling's involvement. Um, but if you want something that would rival like the 1 million first issue launch of Star Wars, I feel like that would be their best bet. That's a real. Um, that's better than my answer. Um, well, <laughs> well, I kind of cheated because they already have access to that IP, at least theoretically. But what was your answer? Well, so my answer was I was trying to think of another franchise that that basically has spun off a lot of films because I, I I figure you you have to go at this point with something that has a really big built-in fan base if you want to get anything close to a Star Wars level experience, and so I thought that the fan base that is like surprisingly deep. I know a lot of people who like these movies who you would not think would like these movies would be uh, The Fast and the Furious. I knew you were going to say that. Really? <laughs> yes. I was like sitting there. I was. I almost thought about saying it jokingly, but I thought, ah, but what if? Um, but yeah, honestly, um, that is a big 
franchise. I mean, it's a, it's a huge franchise. And what they have going for them is they have like six or seven marquee characters. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to spin off lots of lots of stories from there. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I've never seen one. This is all going on uh, just pure speculation. Sure, sure. And it, it, I think that works because it doesn't have to be a like crossover thing. You know, Marvel has not crossed over Star Wars into Marvel yet. So we don't necessarily have to be thinking about like how would DC and Fast and the Furious work. <laughs> the Diesel um, work together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, a, um, a Fast and the Furious comic would be interesting. Um, I'm kind of surprised it, it hasn't happened yet at like IDW. Yeah, yeah, me too, honestly. I'm I'm or or like dynamite, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well played. Yeah. All right, you're up. Okay, uh at Chewykin asks uh which DC character would be most at home in the Marvel universe and vice versa. Uh, I have uh, a joke answer and then I have a real answer. Okay. My joke answer is that Deathstroke and Deadpool because Deadpool's a ripoff of Deathstroke, and so yes. that's a very logical one. But the uh, the two I thought of that I think actually might surprise people is I think that Batman would work very well in the Marvel Universe because he is a more grounded character, and Marvel tends to pride itself on, like, most Marvel characters are heroes because of the circumstances that led them into something, like, you know... Um, Spider-Man has a direct, he's bit by a spider, and so he becomes Spider-Man. Captain America gets a super serum, he becomes Captain America. There aren't a lot of aliens, there aren't a lot of, um, like, accident. I don't know, I, I feel like Batman's origin would fit in well in a Marvel universe, right? It, um, so that's my answer for Marvel. I think on the other side, DC does, um, does, like, uh, there's so much with the Amazons and Greek mythology and all that that I think that Norse mythology, you know, it just makes sense. To have Brian, we picked the same ones. Did we really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the exact same ones. <laughs> for, for the same reasons? Essentially, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Batman is, like, pretty well grounded. He would, like, fit in really well if you just plugged him into, like – the street level New York heroes. Yep. Um, you know, he would, he would butt up against, he would, he would actually be in really interesting foil, I think for like the daredevils and, and, uh, Luke cages because he, he's at like street hero, street level hero, but with money. Um, right. Right. Which would be different than them. Um, so yes, that, and then yes, for obvious reasons, like Thor has kind of the whole, mythology aspect which is a big part of dc um with like amazonians atlanteans um you know the new gods yeah i could definitely see that it's fun that we picked the same ones exact same yeah synergy man all right uh at nude shogun asks zach which dc quote world would you like to see sora goofy and donald visit um, so my initial answer would be none because uh, Disney does not own any DC properties, so it couldn't happen. It would break the the logic of Kingdom Hearts. Can't work. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would. I guess I would say uh, Batman Beyond because I think that would be fun. I I've never played Kingdom Hearts, obviously, but that does sound like, oh. seem like a fun thing to do. You're missing out. Well, I heard there's a big sale. Is it on Steam today for them? 
No, they're not on Steam, but uh, I think I think what everybody was getting them on is a uh, PlayStation. They have a big uh, sale on the complete bundle. Oh, okay. It's like thirty dollars for the whole series, which I, is insane. Yeah, I presume that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a very good deal. Um, but uh, yeah. So let's get to our next question, which I believe is one of yours for me. Yes. Yeah. So at Alex and Comics, which is that our our, That's our friend, friend Alexander Jones, yes. Yes, yeah. So Alexander asks, rank the real estate albums. Are you a real estate fan? I'm not. I I am not privy to the real estate, so I can't participate in this. You would really like real estate, actually. All right. Well, I guess I've got some homework to do. You do have some work to do. There, there's five albums. Um, Alex, I'm going to throw in here um, the uh, the solo album by Martin Courtney, the lead singer, because it's, it's essentially a real estate album. But so uh, In Mind, which was the not the newest one, the one before that would get number one for me. Then Atlas, Days, the Martin Courtney record, uh, Many Moons, the main thing, the new one, and then the self-titled real estate album. Um, I think I would put Atlas at number one, but Matt Mondanelli, who was in the band and who turned out to be a creep, is on that record. And so uh, I tried to shoot that down a little bit because I, I don't like to support creeps. So uh, in mind, the new one with Julian um, Julian Lynch, the new guitar player who's an amazing solo artist. And uh, the whole band is from about 10 minutes from where I'm from. So that's always fun. Anyway, listen to Real Estate, Zach. Listen, listen to Atlas. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, so I have a question now. Uh, at Wilker Fox asks... Hey, which, that was me. Yeah. Which era of DC would you most like to revisit as an Earth in the DC metaverse? So, I have an answer. Do you, do you have an answer for this? Yeah, well, I feel, it feels weird to answer my own question first, so you answer it. Okay. Um, so I would like to visit Earth 2 directly before Crisis on Infinite Earths. So at that point, you have Dick Grayson and Helena Wayne as attorneys who are like, um, they're still somewhat superheroes, but they're also like public defenders trying to make the world a better place through there. You still have the Justice Society around. Uh, Bruce Wayne has been dead for quite some time. It's just a really interesting status quo that we really don't see anywhere else. So I would like to, I would like to revisit that era. Uh, what is your era? Okay, uh, I like that answer. That's a really good answer. My answer would be Earth U. I want to revisit that the status quo, the DCU status quo, YOU. Okay. Um, where um, you know uh, Clark is depowered, Bruce has his memory lost, and uh, Gordon is in the bat suit. Yep. The bat, the bat mech. Uh, Babs is still in Burnside. Um, there are all those like new um there's like the new Dr. Fate was just introduced. Uh Lead. Dick is still Grayson, you know, working for Spiral. I wanna like live in that status quo. I want it to not stop, basically. That's that's a I, fun I want one. a world where that doesn't stop. Yeah. I will be bringing up one of those char- one of those status quo things later in the show. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, I feel I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately just because that era, just because of how kind of mostly just because of how good it was artistically. Um, yeah, I so really like the aesthetic of that era. You had that great Riley Rossmo looking. Uh, it was Rossmo was doing it, the John Constantine book. Yeah. Yeah. And you had Sonny Lou on Dr. Fate. Mm-hmm. You had Eddie Barrows on 
uh, Martian Manhunter. Who, who was on um, Black Canary? Somebody really good was on Black Canary. Um, somebody really good was Andy Wu. Yeah. Was it Andy Wu? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and also just like everything was weird then. You, I feel like that. You, you could have a really great James Robinson esque Justice League in that in that time period. You know. Yeah. With all the side characters. Absolutely. So, yeah, that would be my pick. I'm sure James Robinson's Justice League will also be coming up. Uh, yeah, it will <laughs> in a little definitely. while. <laughs> All right, uh, you're up. Um, so Mark asks again, uh, where or when are you going to do a review of the entire Hitman series? Uh, smiley face comes out of the lamest crossover, but is a gem. Um, He's referring quick, to Bloodlines. Is that what it is? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. We'll never read Bloodlines, but um, I <laughs> well, don't know. I, we, we should stop saying we're never going to read stuff because... No, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> I'll put my foot down. Um, so, remind me, Hitman is an Ennis joint, is that I, right? I believe so. So, that Bloodlines, I want to say there was an annual for every book that introduced a new character, and I want to say Hitman is one of only two or three characters that will actually um will actually survive like maybe even just a year or two you know um almost everybody else was just dumb just wiped out very quickly but hitman stuck around for a while but they have not brought Hit- hitman back in in some time there was that section 8 mini series you remember in yes. in DCU funny enough um yeah. yeah dog welder and all that yeah yeah but I feel like that was all – that was telling an, an older story or a, a story not in current continuity, right? Yes, I think – well, I, I think so, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure how they build that or not. Um, it was definitely loose, I think. Yeah. But we're beating about we're beating around the bush as far as answering the question. Um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Ennis fan, although I have heard good things about Hitman. Um Maybe what we'll do is when we get to Bloodlines in our big read through, maybe we'll do like five issues of Hitman instead of Bloodlines. Oh man, it ran for sixty-one issues. Yeah, it, it was it was a major book. Oh man, that is wild. Who was the artist on that? John McCree. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe instead of maybe Bloodlines, eventually. we'll do like we'll do five issues of that or something like that. That might be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Okay. Um, uh, sort of a, a sister question to this. At Jeremy Hatchat asks, when are you doing a martial law book club? Now, for those that aren't aware, martial law was a doctor, a Judge Dredd parody that was not originally published at DC, but is now somehow part of the DC umbrella. I, I guess DC bought the rights to it. Um, are we comfortable in saying we're never doing a martial law club book club? If they put it on DC Universe or if DC somehow comps us all copies of it, we will do it. Okay. Uh, I was going to say hashtag Patreon content there. Sure. For both Hitman and Martial Law. Okay. <laughs> we we have two we have two people who would definitely pledge for it, I think. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up again. Uh, okay, um, so Mark again. In these troubled times, we have more time on our hands. Recommend one other comic podcast. He recommends the Word Balloon podcast. Um, 
you you want to go first? Sure. So I, I, my my dirty confession is that I don't listen to a ton of comics podcasts. Uh, I, I think because my comic responsibilities are such that I'm thinking about comics a lot. When I'm when I'm trying to do something else, I'm not always putting on comics podcasts. But I can recommend wholeheartedly all the other multiversity podcasts. Um, we have been on. I know we've both been on Robots from Tomorrow, right? Yes. We, we're oh, we're monthly on Make Mind Multiversity. Uh, you are a part of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I am a part of Force Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh, we have a new podcast called Panels in Motion that is quite good. We have our friend Paul Lye's Comic Syllabus, our friend Matt Loon's um, The Next Issue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we have we have a fair amount of podcasts out there. <laughs> We do, and they are all good. Um, I I don't listen to them all regularly. I kind of just hop in um, when there's an episode that kind of sounds interesting to me, but they're all very good. Um, I actually do listen to a couple of other uh, uh, non-multiversity-based comics podcasts that I would recommend. One is um, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men which is extremely good and funny. I've heard, um, they, I've heard amazing things about that. Yeah, so they start from the very beginning and kind of they kind of brush over a lot of the um, you know early Stanley Kirby stuff and then kind of really start digging in with the Claremont stuff. And I've probably only listened to maybe the first twenty episodes or so. Um, they're still going. I'm not sure how far they are now, um, but it's extremely good uh, and almost kind of a, I think acceptable substitute to actually reading the books because of how in depth they go. Um, and the little bit of like extra flavor and, and color that they put in is good. And then the other one, um, is uh, casual Wednesday or casual Wednesdays, I think, um, which is hosted by two shop owners. Um, and they kind of just talk ins and outs of comics um every month they do a solicits episode those are the ones i like the most is when they they go through the solicits of the month and talk about what is cool well, that sounds fun uh, I'll, I'll also put a plug out there for from former multiversity uh editor david harper's podcast sketched he has a lot of great conversations on there so check all of those out um all right i believe i am up now uh uh, at Chewy Ken asks, one and only one of these can be in the next Kingdom Hearts game. Star Wars, Simpsons, or X-Men? Which one? So I'm tempted to say Simpsons just because the like potential for... So, Brian, you, again, un uninitiated. Uh, sometimes when Sora and company go to a Disney world, they get fun costumes okay. to like fit the world they're in. Um, so like some of the, I guess like most prominent ones are when they go to nightmare before Christmas, um, they get cool, like spooky outfits and, and in the, uh, toy story one, uh, world, they all kind of turn into toys. And I, I feel like the potential for them to turn into Simpsons characters would be hilarious. Um, but I think it would be really cool to do star Wars, particularly clone wars, um, I would be down for that. That would be my pick. Um, I was going to say that you basically just want the, a world to recreate that famous picture of James Gandolfini putting on the Homer Simpson mask. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah. So I actually just – I saw it today. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <Actually>. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. 
Um, yeah, I have no opinion on this, so sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I feel like it was meant for me. It was. Um, that's okay, because this next one's meant for you. Yeah. Um, uh, Newt Shogun again. Uh, Brian, if Rivers Cuomo wrote a longing, creepy, unrequited love song to one of the DC ladies, which would it be and why? I, I thought long and hard about this, and I think I have the perfect answer, and that is Katana. Here is why. <laughs> so, not Doctor Light. No, not Doctor Light. No, uh, Rivers has a thing for for Asian women, right? That's, that's why. Yeah, it, yes. it has to be Katana or Doctor Light. Well, but but he, here's why. He he his song would definitely be like I can't I can't compete with your husband's soul and your sword. Like that's that's just such rife songwriting storytelling right there. Like you know, uh, and and I feel like. The chorus would be him yelling like "Soul Taker" over and over again. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Katana. what era, whatever, what era Rivers is this? This is like Maladroit era Rivers. Okay, okay. At his most problematic. Okay. Um, <laughs> when in Guitar Magazines he was calling his fans gay slurs. That era wow. of uh, Rivers Cuomo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Brian needs a nap. I know that guy asks would it be better if sufjan stevens guested on a new pornographer's record or if the new pornographers were his backing band for one of his records so i think that it would potentially be a disaster if the new pornographers were his backing band i just don't know if it would fit his style i mean i guess there are i, I definitely don't think it would work for like the peppier more upbeat songs just because his voice is so I, I just feel like it's not well suited. So I, I would say having him guest on a new pornographer's record, particularly um, a uh, Nico, uh, a Nico song or a Behar song. Yeah, I could see him also just like just being the banjo player in the new pornographers mm -hmm. on the mellower stuff. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I agree with you. Good reasoning. Okay. okay. Anything else to say? Uh no, I mean I, I I would I would love to see that tour though. Uh yeah, I would too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, at Chewy Ken again uh, asks which has aged more gracefully, Austin Powers or Borat? I love this question, but you still haven't seen Austin Powers, right? Uh no, I haven't. But you've seen <laughs> Borat, I presume. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it. Yeah, okay. it's been a long time, but yeah. Okay. Here is my rationale for this. My rationale for this is that. The real joke of Borat is that there are all these horrible racist people in the world and Borat is holding up the mirror to them. And that is a more like noble message than, uh, you know, does this make you horny, baby? <laughs> so <laughs> so I'll say even even though that is the Austin Powers in many ways is making fun of the old like messages and saying that you know things have evolved past then i feel like in austin powers he's supposed to be an anachronism and people are so like the people in his world are saying like oh austin that's not how people act nowadays but the viewer isn't really i don't think mike myers cares if the viewer agrees with that or not i think it's all being done for comedy there's no social commentary whereas borat has social commentary therefore i think that aged better Okay, I think I think that's a good answer, good rationale. Okay, uh, at Jer oh, our friend Jeremy again asks, "What's your favorite thing to order at Taco Bell?" Uh, always a Crunchwrap and Baja Blast Mountain Dew. 
Well, you have to answer Mountain Dew for for Jeremy. That's yeah, that's his brand. Um, yeah, Baja Blast though, man, the best. I had a temp job right out of high school, um, working for like a f- like online flower delivery website. It was super dumb, but they had Baja Blast Mountain Dew in the break room, um, which I don't know how they secured that because it's a Taco Bell exclusive. Was this run um, out of a Taco Bell? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Then I think we have a lawsuit on our hands here, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but very good summer job for a newly minted high school graduate. Yes. Um, I I am a big, big fan. I know our friend Walt Richardson is as well of the uh, spicy potato soft taco. Okay. It's excellent. It's First of all, it's spicier than you think it would be. Oh, pota- I'm not a spicy guy. The potatoes are nice and crispy. Uh, the cheese is nice and cool. It's a nice, it's a nice hot cold combination on your tongue. It's good, it's good. But you know, okay. Taco Bell. I know Taco Bell is, is is regarded as garbage fast food. I will argue it's maybe the best fast food. Oh, I would definitely argue that. Um, yeah, I always, in terms of kind of like bottom tier fast food, and by that I mean just like. You know, just like your your staples fast food, fast food, yeah. Uh, Taco Bell is the best. What would you say is the worst of that level of fast food? Well, man, um, maybe I don't know. There's probably some that I'm not thinking about just because I never go there. Um, I really, I don't, I don't really know. See, I, I think it depends what you're categorizing. Like, is Domino's pizza fast food? No. I mean, it is, but I wouldn't. I Pizza, like, takeout pizza, delivery pizza is a totally different okay. animal to me. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like McDonald's is the most consistent, but it doesn't reach the heights of other places. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I haven't eaten at a Burger King in probably a decade, so I don't know. Yeah, it might be the bottom one though. Wendy's, I feel like is very. Wendy's has the potential to be the lowest, but oh, I disagree. I also I, really I, like their chili. Okay, I'm a big uh, spicy chicken sandwich guy. Okay, see, we're exposing our biases here. I'm the spicy guy, apparently. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. You're okay. Up. So yep. Um. So at chill term asks, you're scrapping the DCEU. So DC. Extended universe is that what that stands for? The yes, movies, the films, yes. the films, and starting over. What five characters are the focus of your films, and what books are you basing their solo films on? What DC event would you choose as the basis for the overarching Infinity War type story? Okay, do you want me to start this? Go for it. All right, so I'm going to start with the last part of the question. My DC cinematic universe begins at Superman's funeral. Okay. That way you you can take Superman off the table because for some for whatever reason people can't do a good Superman movie. I don't understand why it's right there for you, but this way you you let the universe you let the universe grow and you bring Superman back in the middle of it. Um okay, so my five films I would do. I would do a Batgirl film, but it would be the Batgirl of Burnside with the rationale being that after Superman has died, uh, Batman is taking a little time away, and Batgirl is sort of stepping up in his in his steed. But I would do the Batgirl of Burnside look, and that sort of general like Barbara Gordon tone. 
Mm-hmm. I would do a Black Canary film based on the DCU book of Black Canary, the singer in the band. Okay. Uh, which is somewhat covered in the Birds of Prey film, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I would do a John Stewart Green Lantern film, and I would base it on the Green Lantern Mosaic book, which basically mm-hmm. means that there was in that story there were all these cities from different like planets that were ripped and put on this new planet, this new Mosaic Earth that is made up of all these cities from different planets, and John Stewart was the um, the Green Lantern that protects that planet. So that would be my my Green Lantern film. Um, I would do a Wonder Twins film <laughs> based on Mark Russell's recent book. I just think that that concept would work very well in a in a film. And finally, I would do a Justice League International book uh, film based on the Bwahaha era. That's really good. What would yours be, Zach? I I kind of cheated a little bit. I don't know if this is even really cheating. I just took a very literal like which. A story event are you basing it on um so i'm just gonna flat out base it on the james robinson earth two um so kind of from your same starting point with the death of superman but it's it would be the death of the trinity and then i would go off and my first perceived death of the trinity thank you well two of them really did die right superman didn't die yeah well that's what we would be building to that um for sure. But the first five films I pegged for would be uh, Flash, Green Lantern, Hot Girl, a Mr. Miracle Barda duo film kind of fleshing out the fourth world stuff. And then a world finest world's finest film with uh, Power Girl and Huntress. Ooh. I mean, you know, my James Robinson love. I know, so. I know, and and I mean, it it could follow that to a degree. You you would obviously have to add some things because that first arc kind of brought in at least those first three main characters and and some others. So, um, you know, there would be some liberties taken at, at fleshing that out a little bit. And I would definitely want it to take. I would not want it to continue into the uh, Earth Two World's End status quo. <laughs> I would not want it to go that route. I would want something a little different to happen, maybe. But um, I can't. Say that I would blame be you the, for that. That would be the starting point. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I feel like the death of Superman. Even if you don't see Superman dying, that's such a like a um, it's such a status quo shift in the DC universe that you could start a whole universe based around that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In fact, I think the fir- in my scenario, the first film you would actually have to do would be the world's finest one. Okay. Uh, and and kind of show the after effects of them dying from the viewpoint of Power Girl and Huntress. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, our friend, uh, Robots from Tomorrow, co-host, former guest on the show, Mr. Greg Matasevich, asks... Once comics start coming out again, Jack Kirby returns like King Arthur to save us all. What three DC titles does he work on? One writing, one drawing, and one writing and drawing upon reclaiming the throne. And as a side note, who does he write for and who does he draw for? Zach, lay it on us, buddy. Those are That's really, really good. Um, so my right draw answer, I'm just going to be really basic and say Superman. Because um, okay. I just want 
I want him to do I want him to do some more Superman. Um, I want him to draw a fourth world book written by Grant Morrison. And then I want him to write something completely new. I don't, I, I want him to come up with a new property again. Okay. Um, but I, as far as who would draw it, um, I'm going to probably say, I mean, it really, see, it's so, it's so tough because I would want to know like what kind of book it is. Um, but if I just had to pick an artist, I'll pick an artist that is currently working at DC. Uh-huh. Um, let's say I didn't, I forgot to think about this. I'm going to think about it. You answer, you do okay. your answers. Sure. All right. Uh, he's going to write and draw a Green Lantern Corps book. Okay. Because Kirby Green Lantern Constructs, I need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to write the Atom, illustrated by Tom Scioli. Okay. Because he's a very Kirby-influenced artist, and I think the Atom would be just a fun world for him to play around in. Um, and he would illustrate, and this one's kind of a cheat, I'm telling you, uh, but it's written by Grant Morrison, and it's called The Fourth World versus New Krypton. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, okay, man, artist to pair with Kirby. <sighs> Bogdanovic. I know he's Ooh. a marble right now. That's a cheat a little bit, but no, Bogdanovic. Look, <laughs> Jack Kirby is rising from the dead in this scenario. You're right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Bogdanovic then. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I would, oh, man, man. Now I'm regretting not doing a, uh, a Gene Yang Kirby team up. Oh, that'd be good too, man. Yeah. Ooh. Gene Yang writing. Justice League of China drawn by Ooh. Kirby. That'd be good. Oh, oh, baby. All right, man. You're up with okay. the question. All right. Mark again. Uh, who are the five best DC writers from 1990 to 2020? Uh, man, this is going to show my like recency bias to the max, but <laughs> you go first. Well, see, I, I'm concerned on the other way that I just like – I just picked people that I have loved forever for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say that my list is bad because there are no women on my list. I'm, I'm in the same case. I'm in the same case. And I'm, I, part of it is my fault um, because they're they're, I've definitely not read Mm -hmm. enough uh, like DC works by uh, female creators, but I also, you know, lay a little bit of the blame at DC because they have not really, fostered an environment i think for female creators to really kind of have long lasting and and kind of definitive runs i i think you know the people i think of who have had those opportunities are maybe gail simone, gail simone was, with, yep mm-hmm. with wonder woman and birds of prey um and then like smaller cases like you know babstar working on batgirl was very unique and interesting um but she wasn't writing I, that she, i thought she was co-writing it was she brendan fletcher and um cameron stewart Ma- were writing it right did she do the art then she did yes 
Okay, but you're right. She and we are talking about writers. That's right. Okay. For some reason, I thought she co-wrote it as well. But she, yeah, she you're might right. Have. She might have co-plotted it at some point too. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I just can't. I really can't think of very many definitive female-written runs at DC, other no. than like Louise Simonson working on like Superman stuff. But that's so far. That's into the 90s a little bit but i've really not read very much of that and i think just like the era i I wouldn't enjoy it that much i actually really like louise simonson's superman stuff but again like it's i wasn't i can't really name many louise simonson comics i've read in the last 25 years you know so i tried to pick people who had a um who had a long track record at dc there's mm-hmm. one I put in that is a recency bias one, but uh, why don't why don't we do? You didn't rank them, did you? No, I didn't. Okay, so why don't we go back and forth and just say a name, and then we'll go back and, and we'll kind of go. So who was who okay. was who was one of yours? Well, real real quick, listeners, if you do know of any really good um, female written DC runs that we should be aware of. Uh, yes. Tweet tweet them out. Make us make it known. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure we're forgetting a couple, but I I will I will defend us and say that when you think about the people who've worked at DC consistently over the last thirty years, it's a sausage fest. Yes, and, and it and it's <laughs> primarily a white sausage fest as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, okay, so just trading off. Um, I Grant Morrison. Yeah, he's on my list too. Okay. Right. Uh, who's your next one? Uh, Jeff Johns. He's on my list too. Okay. Okay. Uh, Steve Orlando. He's not on my list. Talk about Orlando okay. for a second. Uh, I mean, he's one of the newer guys. Um, and I don't, I, I haven't loved everything that Orlando has written, but I generally have liked. I I've at least liked everything. Like I he is just so unique and daring in some of his uh the his projects um like for instance i i didn't love the martian manhunter book but it was a very unique premise um but then on the other end of things i guess i would say same for the unexpected in that case too those are both books that very cool high concepts didn't necessarily love but i appreciated the effort but then you have things like his wonder woman stuff especially that first arc that he did um or say his work some of his work on justice league of america Mm -hmm. especially dovetailing into like milk wars that stuff so good um trying to think like his midnighter stuff is very good um i know there's other things that i'm not remembering right now that i'm blanking on but he yeah i feel like he is just consistently good at DC. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, my next one is Priest. He just missed my list. Yeah, Orlando and Josh Williamson missed my list because I feel like both those guys, if we were having this conversation in five or ten years, I think both those guys would have made my list, but mm-hmm. they didn't. Um, but Priest, and this is, I mean, I, I'm just going to lay it out there. Like, I like some of Priest's stuff he did on Green Lantern Corps back in the day or whatever, but... This is mainly about Deathstroke for me. Sure, sure. I think Deathstroke was so good. I think it's the best comic DC put out in the in the teens, probably. 
Mm-hmm. And so that that bumps them up. I, I yeah, I would agree with that. Really, the only thing that kept Priest off my list is, is because it was just one work. Which maybe that's not not fair. I tried I tried to pick people who had done several works that felt meaningful. Sure. Just in terms of like one singular work, yeah, Priest. Like I said, he probably would have been my number six. Who is your um, number four then? Four. Okay. Yeah. Again, we're not not necessarily going in right, order, yeah. but um, uh, next I had Warren Ellis. Okay. Not did not make my list either, only because I think when I think of Warren Ellis, I don't think of him as a DC writer, even though he's done a lot of Wildstorm stuff. Sure. I that's think... and that's how he got onto my list, just because I, you know, consider that under the DC banner. Wait, the, he uh, he isn't on there just for the Batman's grave. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> He's on there for that one um, story in the anniversary issue that, that Vince, uh, loved. Vince yeah. howls at the moon at yeah. every time. Yeah. No, I mean no. Ellis is an excellent choice. I just I was I I meant I didn't mean that as a knock on your choice. I meant like sure, I sure. I wasn't thinking of that under the DC umbrella because then honestly, then you get, then that that brings in like a lot of uh, vertigo stuff I didn't even consider really. Yeah. See, I guess like I I thought about vertigo and i thought oh well i've not really i don't know if i've read but then like gaiman probably could have should have would have been on here but i don't know planetary authority just have such a yeah big spot for me i had i kind of had to pick it yeah i i definitely understand that um so uh, this one will come as no surprise to anybody james robinson is on my list Uh Uh, but I, i will say that for me, my my DC James Robinson fandom ends when he leaves Earth Two. There's been nothing he's done since coming back that has really been been very good. But I was I was trying to think of this like a baseball player's Hall of Fame career, where like most players play too long and the end of their careers aren't as good as the peak, right? But I think that Robinson's peak was so good that I will forgive the later miscues. It's 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 a Kanye situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ready for my fifth? Yeah, go for it. Uh, for uh, fifth, I put Gene Luen Yang. Ooh. Okay. Ba- based on um, some of his stuff on Superman, but primarily New Superman and Superman Smashes the Clan. I mean, Superman Smashes the Clan is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Is there... Um... Who was like directly under that on your list? Besides, probably probably would have been Priest. Priest? Okay. Um, and honestly, like Robinson might have made it on there just for some of his earlier work. Um, but after that, I don't know. I I kind of had trouble thinking of other writers, mostly because just Morrison and Johns loom so large in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because of their impact on like the DC canon, it was kind of like I put those two down immediately, and then I really kind of had to sit and think about okay, who who else goes on this list? Um, and it was a little, it was kind of hard for me. So my fifth is one that I feel like I can understand why you probably didn't put this person on your list, but I think if we're looking at if we're looking at like important DC players over the last 30 years, especially over the last 
10 years or so. Dan Jurgens. <laughs> no. Scott Snyder is the fifth on my list. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, fair. Especially for me, like, it goes back to his Dick Grayson as Batman, that Black Mirror, the year of that story mm-hmm. is, I mean, that might be my favorite Batman story of the 21st century. Like, not, obviously, Grant Morrison's epic is is a whole other thing. But in terms mm-hmm. of like a single arc you can give somebody in a trade, I think Black Mirror might be my favorite one. I d- like don't disagree. Black Mirror Black Mirror is extremely good and Snyder also had um, you know, American Vampire, which that was Vertigo, um, which was very good. He he's had a lot of stuff. I don't know, it's just um it's kind of been diminishing returns for me. I understand that, and I think that he is somebody who is. I think he would be an incredible DC editor in chief. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he would. Where he would help people craft these like bombastic ideas for their books, and then let them go off and write their own books. Because I think his ideas are often fire, but his execution has been less than that lately. Mm-hmm. In some in yeah. some instances. Um. So yeah, good list though, Zach. Yes, good job. All right, all right. Let's see. Am I up now? I think. Um, pulling uh, yes, pulling yes. the list back up. Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you're gonna have an actual answer to this. This is from Jeremy. He says, <laughs> "Which artist, writers, and artisans comic are you most looking forward to?" So I actually had to remind myself what artist, writers, and artisans was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew what it was. But, I had to remind myself what the books were. It's same. Well, I actually completely forgot it was a thing um, because I think I it was announced back in like last year. Twenty eight was it? Twenty nineteen? Okay, I think it was early twenty nineteen. I think. Okay, yeah. So it's been a while. Um, but looking over the books, um, the one that I think maybe sounded the most interesting to me was the American Ronan Pete Milligan ACO book. Okay. Um, one just because. Um, ACO is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, I'm reminded of those Orlando ACO issues of Midnighter? Wonder Woman that were oh, insanely oh, good. Yeah. 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 Which were so good. Um, so I, I guess that one I'm very cautiously interested or intrigued by this JMS shared universe thing. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that has the potential to be awful, but <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, my pick is, uh, based purely on the art, uh, Lawrence Campbell is a longtime BPRD Hellboy guy. And he's okay. doing a book called Old Haunts written by Rob Williams and Ollie Masters. And it mm-hmm. kind of sounds like a Christmas carol. The, the, is, the solicit is three middle-aged men face the consequences of their past crimes when they are visited by several ghosts. So... That could be kind of interesting, but I just yeah. love, I love Lawrence Campbell's artwork, so that that's why I was choosing that book. Um, but yeah, there, there are a bunch of these publishers, TKO, Bad Idea, AWA, that are all sort of trying different approaches to comics right now. Yeah, TKO TKO looks really interesting right now. I don't know if you saw they're doing that thing where fifty percent of the proceeds from every comic go t- to a comic book store of your choice, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And th- there are some really good looking books there. Uh, Jeff Lemire has one with, um, crap. It's someone I really like and I'm blanking on it. 
Um, I'll look it up. Keep Walsh. Talking. Walsh. Michael Walsh? Maybe. No, Walsh? no. Gabriel Walta. Oh, okay. Is that right? Let me see. Um, yeah, it's Walta. Uh, who, You're right. Yeah. Walta. Well, yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks really interesting. There are a couple other ones that um, kind of got my attention too. That that was the main one. Um, but they're all, uh, you know, their shtick is, I guess that's like mean to call it a shtick. I don't know. Their gimmick, um, is that, that sounds meaner. <laughs> their thing <laughs> is that, um, you can get, uh, the entire story in single issues or in trade all at once. So it, it's released, you know, a six issue story is released in six single issues or in trade yeah. at once, which is interesting. Of these, I was interested in the Joshua Dysart. Alberto Ponticelli book, Goodnight Paradise. That one does look cool. Yeah. Um, but I, and you know, again, like I think a lot of these ideas are probably, let's call it twenty five percent too much gimmick. You yeah. Know, uh, but which is like kind of create our own comics right now, maybe, uh, yes. or at least like you know, like the image. It's the image effect, you know. Right. But I appreciate trying new things. Sure. So, yeah. All right, you're up. Okay, so this this back to back question, we both had very similar questions yeah. that we you know came what, actually, up with. And before we do that, let's take a break because we're going to talk about these for a while. I think. Okay, so good let's idea. Take a break. We'll be back in just a minute with more. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach, and I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. All right, uh, Zach, take it away. Okay, so Brian, you and I both had very similar questions. Um, Yours was a little bit more nuanced. So how exactly do you want to do this? Do you want to... Why don't we do this first question and then we'll do a second. Then we'll do the next. We'll just do it in, in this order. Okay, okay. So your question was, make your ideal seven-person Justice League team, but you need one super-associated character, one bat-associated character, one lantern, one speedster, Amazon, or Atlantean, and one alien or android. Should we do this way? Maybe we'll both give our super characters, both give our bat characters, kind of go that way? Yes. Or do you do you have a, do you have a, the prestige you have to reveal that you don't want to split it up like that? Mine has a theme. I did, then why don't you go first then, and then I'll do mine. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. 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 So I decided to do. Hold on. Let me let me just give this a once over really quick. <laughs> okay. Mine had a theme, and the theme is. Justice League of Limbo. And it is specifically characters who have either been written out of continuity or displaced due to things related to Flashpoint in the New 52. I love it. Okay. So my super character 
is the Lois Lane Superwoman from the Superwoman Rebirth series who died in the first issue. The old New 52 Lois Lane. Italian chef kiss emoji motherfucker. Um, My Bat character is the Tim Drake who goes to be Batman Beyond at the end of Future's End. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, my lantern is the future Sodom Yat from the Legion of Three Worlds, Paul Levitt's uh, Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Okay. Um, then my uh, I'll, I'll do an Amazon for the next part, and it's the Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, so with that whole continuity in place. Um, and then my alien is going to be Telos or Telos. Um, and then for my last two characters, which I, I assume can be free agents, they yes, don't have to yes, fit exactly, a form. Yeah, yeah. My last two characters are um, the Trinity of Sin question. Okay. And the Stephanie Brown, who appears a spoiler in the Batman Inc. Leviathan uh, Rises issue. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man, that is good. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they all get together, but they do. And I imagine it would be really interesting because you'd have this Stephanie Brown who would remember Tim and all of their relationship with each other, but this Tim wouldn't even know who Stephanie Brown was. It's a very That's hawk drama. man, hawk girl situation there. That's the some drama. Yeah. Um, um, there were a few other characters I toyed around with putting in there, but th- those are the seven I fell with. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna rev- I'm gonna go in sort of reverse order. Okay. So my two sort of unaffiliated ones, one is Rip Hunter. So I feel okay. like the Justice League has never had a time traveler really, and that would be a fun character to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna double down on that in a minute. But the other character I have is Saint Walker. As part of okay. my Justice League, uh, he is a of lantern, course. but he's but he's not my lantern for this purpose. Uh, my android is another time traveler, Our Man, the Our Man android. Uh, That's good. Tom Perry's one, which I'm reading now, and it's so fantastic. Um, my speedster, in a nod to James Robinson's Justice League, is Jesse Quick. Mm-hmm. My lantern is Kyle Rayner, and so Kyle Rayner and Saint Walker would be a a ferocious duo with the with the because. St. Walker can charge his ring and can enhance his ring. Mm-hmm. So he's really just there as sort of Kyle's backpack, you know, to continue to pull <laughs> pull tricks out of, you know, but that's okay. Um, my bat character is the David Zavimbi Batwing. Okay. From the New 52. And my super character is Lois Lane. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was very okay. excited about having Lois Lane on the Justice League. I She's basically Oracle for the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. So now your question that you came up with was it's just slightly different. It was uh, create a Justice League without the big seven. So I had some fun with this one, too. But uh, you go ahead. Okay. Okay. And so by big seven, I just meant, you know, without the main characters. So I guess you could take this any way you want to. You want me to go first? Uh, well, why don't we do or, one for one this one? Do you, one do for you, one. Do you have a theme for this one or no? I, I do have a theme for this one. That's okay. It's not as important. Okay. What okay. is your theme? Start there. 
my theme is a new JLI, new Justice League International. I uh, I have a similar theme in some ways. Okay, okay. Uh, my first uh, my first choice is uh, Keenan Kong, Superman of China. Okay. Um, my team is leader is Zatanna. Okay. Um, my next character is the uh, the the newest knight, the squire who became knight in okay. in Batman, in Batman Inc. Okay. Yeah. My second is August General and Iron. Okay, that's good. Um, my next one is uh, Saint Walker. Okay. Uh, my next one is Hawk Girl. Okay. My next one, pairing with Saint Walker, is Badge. Oh, that's good. The the Squirrel Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah. They basically, in my mind, have like a a Rocket and Groot relationship. Okay, I can dig that. Uh, my next is Black Lightning. Okay. My next is Dolphin, uh, particularly Ooh, as we see her, have seen her in the Dan Abnett and Kelly Sudaconic runs of Aquaman. Okay. My next one is Black Canary. Um, and I would, I would have the Black Canary and Black Lightning team up, do a lot of stuff together. Okay. Okay. Um, my next one is the Kelly Dr. Fate. Okay. Wait, which one? Isn't his name Kelly? Khalid? Oh, Khalid, like, yeah. The younger yeah. one? Yes, okay. Uh, my next one is Big Barda. Okay, and my last one um, is Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. My last one is Ryan Choi Adam. Okay. Um, so the way, I like this, the way I like this was I have a, a character to deal with magic. Uh-huh. I have a character to deal with space in Barda. I have a character to deal with, like, just beat the shit out of you in August General and Iron. I have a, uh, a fourth world character. I have um, sort of like a street level person in Black Canary. I have some. I, I tried to. I tried to put together a team that would be, you know, that would have lots of complementary skills. That's good. That's good. I basically started off um, just wanting to use uh, Keenan and then decided to make it a JLI thing um, and tried to like pick characters that I thought would fit kind of the, basically I tried to imagine them doing the famous Kevin McGuire cover right. yep. pose and make it look good. Um, but then I think it would be a lot of fun if this team did exist that uh, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle and Booster were kind of the, uh, the men in the chair. They were the ones the kind Maxwell of running Lords. the org- Yes, they were the Maxwell Lords. Interesting. Um, yeah, that that would be my idea behind it, which is why I included Jaime in it as right. well. Yeah. Uh, my two joke answers were going to be the James Robinson lineup, <laughs> which let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. That was um, Dick Grayson, Supergirl, Jade, Jesse Quick, Starman, Congorilla. St. Walker at one point was there. Yeah, in the last arc. Yeah, Guardian was there for a little while. Monel was there for a little while. Yeah. Am I forgetting anybody? I think I'm trying to th- Okay, so I think the core Blue Jay. There was like there was like a core 7 team after a lot of the older folks left mm-hmm. and it was it was Dick, Supergirl, Jade. Oh, uh Donna Troy. I forgot. D- yeah, yeah, Dick, Dick, Supergirl, Jay, Donna Troy, Jesse Quick, uh, Jesse Quick, 
Starman, Conqueror, right? That was it. Yeah, that yeah. was the seven. Yeah, because yeah, you had your Batman, your Super Person, your Green Lantern, your like Amazonian, speedster. Yeah. speedster, and then the two, your blue and gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's good. You're up next. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark asks, um, what are your guilty DC pleasures? Characters, storylines, writers, artists? Uh, you go first. All right. So mine is firmly drenched in the 80s. I mean, sorry, the 90s, rather. Like, you know, I, I was going to say I was born in the 80s, but I really grew up in the 90s. And so all of these are 90s folks uh, or 90s things. My character is Damage. I made you guys read a bunch of issues of Damage because of that. Um, my storyline is the reign of the Superman, the four sort of imposter Superman that came out of Death of Superman. I love that stuff. I a lot of it's really bad, but I absolutely adore it. My writer is Judd Winnick, um, uh-huh. who I think did a lot of garbage, but did some really good stuff too for DC. And my mm-hmm. artist, and this is half serious, half a dig at our at our missing uh, partner here is uh, <laughs> Kelly Jones. I knew it. <laughs> oh that's funny um you know i don't this was a hard question for me because i don't i don't really know that i have like true guilty pleasures at dc i think in terms of writers i would maybe say keith giffen okay yeah uh, um because of, i i have read you know a decent bit of his legion stuff and i really enjoyed his uh doom patrol right towards the end of the um pre-flashpoint era with um, the metalman backup right yeah with the metalman backup yeah which was also written by him i'm yes. pretty sure i think him and demateus De co-wrote it um but then you know you get the stuff in the well actually did he co-write the justice league 3000 stuff or was that just demateus i believe he co-wrote it as well okay yeah see you get in you get into that stuff and uh, i don't know Um, i I just want to say quickly i i don't really believe in guilty pleasures uh, as uh a thing i legitimately like all that stuff i tried to pick stuff that maybe others wouldn't like yeah i think maybe for artists i would say like kenneth rockefort okay yeah um he's someone that i've like really liked for a long time but almost is always attached to things that i don't like um which is an interesting dynamic um storylines um honestly pretty much i mean i feel like storylines you can say almost anything from the mid 2000s um <laughs> like it was just it was just such a countdown to final crisis no 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 um i'm, I'm really trying to think i really yeah i don't it's hard because i i either I either like something or I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got uh, that. Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of anything. There's probably some stuff in the New Fifty Two that I'm just kind of glossing over that is definitely guilty. I mean, is OMAC a guilty pleasure? No. Okay. See, there you go. I don't even know what a guilty pleasure is. <laughs> a guilty pleasure would be like uh, Scott Lobdell's Red Hood. Yes. That's definitely guilty. Yes, there's a lot of guilt, guilt there. Guilty. One hundred percent. JMS is grounded. Ooh, is a legit guilty pleasure. Yeah, I'll say that. Okay, there we go. That's a good yeah. answer. I I actually liked that. I mean, mostly after he left and Chris Robbins Robertson took over and did mm-hmm. like the Superman su- uh, words, the Superman Squad stuff. Yes. Um, that I liked that a lot. That stuff was good. 
Yeah. And that was coming out as, like, the New 52 had already been announced. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of already dead in the water, but it was still fun. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Jeremy asks, who was everyone's favorite Ninja Turtle? Do you have one? Yeah, so as a kid, I loved Leonardo. Um mostly because he had swords and I liked the color blue. Um, <laughs> but I, as an adult, I would have to say Donatello. Donatello is my choice as well. Um, he's, the thinking, he's the thinking man's choice. He just seemed like, it seems like, you know, Michelangelo's a drip. Roth's an asshole. Leonardo's probably self-righteous. So Donnie's yeah. the only one that's left. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Easy. Okay. Uh, Chewy Ken asks, uh, best Conan O'Brien sketch? This is probably more for me. You weren't as, as avid of a Conan watcher, were you? No, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, the Interrupter. I'll give – if Brian Stack is in it, it's worth your time. Uh, Artie Kendall is, I know, a Vince favorite of mine as well. There's a lot of good Brian Stack sketches, but the Interrupter is God-tier comedy. So – all right. Uh, at Brian Needs a Nap asks, is there a comic that deals in spiritual themes and ideas that resonates with you on a spiritual level? I just want to give a quick preface here. Um, both Zach and I have talked about this on the show before, but both of us sort of have, you know, um, we are both believers, I guess I, I'd be comfortable saying. Would you say that as well? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think that, you know, there's a certain... Um, there's a lot of stories that deal with spiritual themes or ideas that are just terrible and hokey that I have no connection to in any sort of way. And, and not that I'm going to read a comic that's going to change the way I believe about God, but just like, are there any stories that, have, that you've read that have you felt, you know, some sort of spiritual connection to? Yeah, um, this was an interesting question because I feel like there were definitely times in my life where I would have had more answers one probably because there's a ton of comics that i have read and forgotten about um, (laughs) or maybe like don't remember i have like a feeling in my head so a few things that like come to mind that i haven't read in a long time but i definitely feel like i remember feeling at least like in touch with like spiritual thoughts would be things like all-star superman and day tripper those things come to mind um not day tripper not so much mostly just because of you like having to reflect on mortality and, and the afterlife and things like that. Um, also Superman. I mean, Superman is a Christ figure like to the max in some ways. And so that, and I feel like all-star Superman is the best Superman story. Yeah. Um, just like in terms of, I mean, you, you just think of uh, issue 10, I believe, which is the, the the suicide prevention issue right i think and and just like that degree of like love and compassion is just it, it's it's something so there's that um but like i think some things that maybe earlier i wouldn't have i would have connected with that i don't as much just because of like the ways that my faith has changed um so just a couple things from recent years that i would mention is um one, uh, even though I've only read the first issue of it, is Mark Russell's Second Coming, um, That's which answer, was, was very good. Um, but the other thing is a is a graphic novel by Chester Brown called Mary Wept Over the Feet of Jesus, um, which is basically like a book about – it's kind of a 
a collection of stories from the Bible told uh, in the comics medium, but with kind of interesting readings and twists um, from like a kind of heavy theological bent, kind of looking at things, kind of looking in the text and trying to like wrestle with it culturally. Um, but it's, it's centered around the idea of kind of the way um, prostitutes and sex workers and women are portrayed and like the roles they have in the Bible. And it's really, really good. Um, I am not aware of that. I'm, and that's my, uh, my to read list you, right now. You would love it. It's so good. Um, and, and actually like was kind of came at a time it, it came out in 2016. Um, and was at a time when I was kind of wrestling and, and kind of like reviewing deconstructing some of my faith. And it, uh, it came at a, at a pivotal time and was very in, influential. I would say he has another book called paying for it, which is also kind of, along the same lines uh okay. but i've not read it um so second coming is my my sort of big answer i think second coming for a book that's really funny asks a lot of really interesting deep questions you should definitely seek out the rest of those issues zach uh, it's mm -hmm. excellent uh when i was gonna say like a book that i think i took as very profound for what it was when I first read it, and my my thoughts on it have somewhat diminished, but not terribly, would be uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, uh, you know, just it, that that's one of the first superhero books that I read that had a like very overt connection to spirituality. Sure, uh, sure, yeah, and I think that's a good point. Is that it's really hard, especially I mean, especially in Cape Comics, it's hard to find something that isn't over to the point of being ham-fisted and y you lose all subtlety right um, I, mean, like, I i really have enjoyed a bunch of nightcrawler stories yeah when it sort of goes into his faith and there are other characters like that who i'm always intrigued by their faith but it's hard to point to a single like story or book for those characters sure i actually have really been i want to read more daredevil because i know mm-hmm his Catholicism plays a big role in several stories. Yes, I think in the, the current Zadarsky run, he gets into to a bit of that. So I've been, I've been wanting to read more of that for that reason. Yeah. I think it's, it's a very hard, like it, it, to me, it would be so many people believe in God, I think, or espouse a belief in God because they want to believe that someone's looking out for them and is going to help them. And mm -hmm. if you live in a world with people, I mean, look, we ha there are people in this world whose jobs are to protect us. I'm not trying to say that that isn't the case. But, like, when you have a literal god flying through the air saving you and you fall off a building, I wonder – I think it's hard to have different kinds of faith when you're presented with something that up close. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it does. I think that's something that Marvel oh, – here I am. If Vince was here, he would – rib me for being a marvel simp but i feel like that's something that they have done pretty well in recent stories like jason aaron's thor touches on that idea expressly um and also like hickman's fantastic four also i know talks about and kind of maybe maybe not just in it might be in avengers i don't know but his read kind of wrestles with being an atheist in a world that has actual gods in it right um which is interesting 
that's a big theme of a bunch of Mr. Terrific stories as well. Okay. Um, how he is yeah, this, like, you're right. logical scientist, yet he's on teams with gods. Yeah, you're right. That that has been brought up recently, even in Terrifics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that that was a question that I was curious if there was anything. The, the one, the one spiritual comic I want to read, and I have, uh, so I have had the pleasure of interviewing Mike Allred a number of times. And mm-hmm. Mike Allred is a Mormon, which I don't think is a very well-known fact about him. And he illustrated the Book of Mormon. And uh, you can order them directly from him, and he will send it to you. And I am, I am not a Mormon at all, but I would really like to see... I mean, I mean first of all, I just love Allred's art. So just getting mm-hmm. like a, a, a nice illustrated Allred book is a nice thing. But I think it'll be interesting to see how his style would translate to a, a text like that that is yeah that is interesting um i didn't know that i'll have yeah. to check that out i have a copy of will eisner's a contract with god but i've not read it yet um it's good i need to read that the other thing i'll say which is not to me it's not a spiritual book but it's a great bit of bible comic booking that is our crumbs <laughs> book of genesis yes uh, I, I really enjoy that. I have that on my shelf, but I would not say that as a spiritual work. I would say, if anything, that's an anti-spiritual work where where Crumb takes great length to not sugarcoat the horrible things that happen in the book of Genesis. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, also along those lines, uh, Mark Russell's uh, God is Disappointed in Me and Apocrypha Now. Yep, uh-huh. In that same vein, but are very good. Yes, very, very good. I, I think it's also um, it's hard sometimes to talk about this sort of stuff in a context because I, I think there are some people who can't, who don't want to read something that will challenge their preconceptions. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the books that are out there that, that have any sort of spiritual underpinning or whatever are either super safe not going to rattle anybody's cage or they come from the exact opposite position and they're they're trying to be very um personal and and maybe not as universal in that way so Mm -hmm. it can be hard to talk about this sort of stuff in a comics context yeah yeah it, it is um but i think any of these things would be great places to check i especially i need to reread uh, Mary wept again because it's been a while but I would love to chat with you about that if you yeah, did pick it up let's do that let's for sure do that all right all right up. yeah so uh, at Wilker Fox me uh, asked okay so the DCU is permanently mashed up with one of the following either Looney Tunes or Hanna-Barbera pick your poison uh, I, this is partially in tribute to Vince and partially just in general it has to be Looney Tunes for me Oh, interesting. This question is in honor of Dan DiDio, actually. Um, uh, do you have any other rationale than just for Vince? Well, I, I feel like... I mean, this means Bugs Bunny is in the next crisis. This means that... See, as somebody who doesn't mind when, like, Captain Carrot shows up, you know, in comics, uh-huh. uh, I don't really care about that. To me, it's that... I think there are less there's less of a chance that a Looney Tunes character will show up in my superhero comic than there is that like the Jetsons will show up. So I'll have to deal with it less. 
that's probably true um see i was gonna go with hanna barbera just because there are actually a lot more superhero characters in there which i I know we had some of that with those those crossovers but you know you get you get space ghost in there you get um crap what was that doc shaner book oh future quest which was uh yeah um who was who was the main character of that johnny tsunami no (laughs) johnny (laughs) i know what you're talking about yeah i can't think of his name um but that was kind of like the catch-all heroes of the hanna-barbera books yes um so you've got that and then i was thinking about like what if you had a detective johnny quest yeah what if you had like a detective chimp scooby-doo thing it'd be great Uh, i'd love it great yeah it'd be great i would like it okay maybe potentially (laughs) depends i went with it yeah i went with hannah barbera okay I, i i think that the reality is that i would rather see looney tunes show up when it's actually bugs bunny chomping on a cigar looking for cucamonga you know uh then like those creepy half people half uh half animated characters like the porky pig from the tom king book like you know i would rather see actual cartoon characters than these half measures taken well you could still get those half measures though i don't want the half measures it's looney tunes you could you could happen though that yeah. would mean that that Tom King's Batman Elmer Fudd is canon. We already know that's true because what issue was that when Bruce went to? Uh... That was a nightmare, though, wasn't it? Oh, it might have been a nightmare. It was all a nightmare. I was going to say that run was a nightmare. Right? <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, all right, we got two questions left. Uh, Mark asks, "What are your real theories about Vince's obsession with alphabetical order? Does he organize his farmers only list in the same way?" Uh, my answer for this is that he watches so much football he has CTE by proxy. Yeah, my guess is um, as a child, his um, his parents forced him to drink alcohol to the point of inebriation and say the alphabet backwards <laughs> um, for entertainment. So <laughs> Somehow yours is even darker <laughs> than mine, which is about a brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question, Zach. Take it away. All right, so Jeremy asks, why does Vince never have the list of comics ready to go, even though you ask him every week? Um, <laughs> I think both of our answers to the last one could probably apply. For this yeah, I don't know. I think he's just enjoying the conversation so much. Yeah, he doesn't want it to end. Exactly. He, he's he's lost in the moment. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I, I would rather – I will take that any day than a checked-out podcast partner. He's the best of all of us. He is the best of all of us, and we miss him tonight. He's he's blushing so so hard a week from now when he listens to this. Uh, not two days from now, my bud. Oh wow! The peek behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to record two episodes tonight to catch up. Remember? So yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Because we we decided <laughs> again a peek behind the curtain when we decided to do this like let's read all the events thing. We were scheduled to do a regular show that night. <laughs> And we had uh, we got together and we're like, hey, should we do something totally different? And we decided yep. yes. And so that's that's why we are doing this tonight. Um, 
but yeah, we'll be back on track for next time. Um, this was super fun. I really enjoyed this. this. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is there um, is there any question you thought we were going to get that we didn't get? Um, no, we got a lot more than I expected, which is cool. Thank you guys for interacting with us and, and sending in your questions. Yeah, this was this was great. Thank you to everybody who sent in a question. And uh, we'll do this again at some point with Vince on the show. I, I was saying to Zach, maybe maybe when one of us is a conflict from now on, we'll just do a show like this. Because this was pretty easy to put together. You know, it's, uh, it didn't require us reading anything new. Um, and we should also say, you know, when we recorded our little intro to this new format, we had said we didn't know what the deal was going to be for DC Comics, you know, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And we still don't know as of today what the deal really is. The only books that we know are coming out uh, is the uh, Batman, The Adventures Continue, the Batman, the Animated Series uh, books. That's all we know of so far. Mm-hmm. So I just did a solicits piece on the June solicits that I am almost positive will not be coming out in june yeah it seems unlikely unless we get some kind of weird rushed schedule um yeah i don't know yeah so you know this um i know there are a few folks out there who said that you know that the new format maybe would uh you know would be challenging for them i i think that with no comics coming out this was a very this was a very good thing for us to be doing yeah so and we hope you guys will enjoy it. I I I think <laughs> I think our millennium episode is going to convince a lot of people this is a good idea. Not me. Not me either, but you know, <laughs> from a listening standpoint, I, I think it's going to be fun to listen to. So um anyway, thank you for listening folks. We truly do appreciate it. Um this is actually a great time to tell some friends about our show because if they're not reading current dc stuff but they've read dc in the past this is a great time to hop on uh with so many of these crossovers available on dc universe on comiXology unlimited places like that it's 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 kind of easy to read along for a lot of this stuff some stuff like millennium is harder to find but i think most of the stuff we're gonna be talking about should be relatively easy to find so if you have a friend who likes comics have them check out the show it would be a lot of fun to uh to interact with some new folks on on twitter and just get new listeners in general so tell them about the show uh, as I mentioned last time, we do have a Twitter account now at DC3Cast, which is where all these questions came in from. Thank you all for following that. If you haven't followed it, give it a follow. We're trying to tweet some stuff every day or two from that account, and it's the best place to keep up with stuff like this. You know, We kind of decided last night to do this new format, and we got a bunch of questions from this, so thank you guys again for that. Um, two-thirds of us are on Twitter You know, uh, in addition to that, and uh, I am at Brian is an app. And I am at Woker Fox. If you need Vince, he is resting comfortably at home, getting better soon. And um, that'll do it for us for this week. Next week, Millennium, we promise. We're sorry. You're welcome, etc. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. The DC3 does a TED Talk.